the army couldn't go very far without mm-hmm. being fed. So what the Romans did is they came up with these huge, huge wagons that were chicken coops. So they would go down the road with the army. And, you know, your chickens, you can let them out. They'll find food to eat no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll eat the bugs. They'll eat the grass. They'll eat the weeds. They'll eat everything they can find. They'll eat the snakes. and But they always go back to their roost at night. Didn't matter to them that it was a different geographic area. They go back to their roost. <laughs> so the Roman army was fueled by chicken eggs and chickens. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Y Milbank Podcast Network from Milbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg. TheInterviewPodcast.org is our website where you can find all the conversations we've had over the years and also where you can help support the show. We are funded solely on the concept that if we provide the content, put it out to you free of charge, if you get value out of that, then that value happens to have a dollar amount attached to it. Click on the donate button, send that dollar amount back our way so we can continue having these conversations. Everything is very much appreciated and welcomed. You can also tell more people about it. That's a great way to support the show. Today on the show, the author of Too Many Eggs. TooManyEggs.com is the website. Mimi Smith Dvorak is here today, uh, all the way from almost Canada, up in northern Washington. Uh, we had a long, winding conversation. Uh, I had a blast. I hope you enjoy this chat. Thanks for hanging out with us. Let's get right into it. I've had this picture of you in my head for the last 15 years, only because I, <laughs> I've learned about you roundabout because uh, I, years ago I found uh, John, your husband, on, uh, on the Leo Laporte Twit Network. Um, mm. way back in the day and then realized that he's the more fun person. So then I followed him around and the other people can go. Um, and Mimi was always like this cloud in the sky, this phenomenal person in the background. And so when he said that you guys were, or that you, uh, had written a book, I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to find out who this lady is, who has been so... <laughs> Well, first, I don't sound like John says because he likes to represent me as what? <laughs> My wife said this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> true, true. Uh, and other than that, yeah, I'm just in the background. I'm just back office. Yeah, but the, the important bit. Um, all right. So you wrote a book, Too Many Eggs, TooManyEggs.com for anyone that wants to go get it. And I've been kicking myself because it's been in my cart to get as soon as it came out and then I never pushed the go button and so you, I you can get the there's a free PDF that's not the point I wanted com. your signature on it and I totally screwed up by not uh, getting the, the the first run so it's my bad can, totally my bad I but, can still sign a book well <laughs> so you say you lived in Iran early on in your oh, yeah. life well actually I have a very checkered past. Um, I was born in Berkeley, and then we moved to Reno, and then during the Vietnam War, my dad was called back into being a merchant marine. And instead of going to Vietnam right at the offset, he went to the Persian Gulf. So my mother and I lived in Iran, uh, in Tehran, during the time when the Shah was in power. 
Um, and then we came back, and I lived in the Bay Area, which is where I stayed for a long time. So, yeah, I've had a, you know, and I don't know, interesting background. Uh, <laughs> you, you say in your, in your bio um, that your love of cooking came about living in Iran. Yeah. Well, I, we lived in a hotel for three months. Wow. And when you're 10 years, yeah. When you're 10 years old and living in a, a hotel that was mostly populated by CIA guys and diplomats because oh, the embassy man. was, the embassy was a block away. So uh -huh. we went to the embassy all the time. Um, but I wanted food and I'm, I was a really picky eater. So I got to know the chef and the chef was French and he knew Iranian and he wanted to learn English. So he would feed me in exchange for teaching him words in English. So he would cook things that I wanted. And he'd also show me how to cook. So I was like the kitchen rat. I just hung out down there. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out for me. I got to eat. Um, yeah, and Iranian cooking was the first cooking I actually did. And then I came back and started collecting old cookbooks because, I don't know, I'm a weird kid. And well, how there's something to that history, though. Oh, yeah. No, I get real into the history. That's the problem. Um, John, John, who always says things like, you're not going to tell me another egg story, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and if we're out to dinner with other people, he'll go, don't ask her about eggs. Don't get her started. <laughs> so, so this book was actually not a book to start with. It was, it was never intended to be a book. It was, I moved back to Port Angeles and in Berkeley, I'd had a couple of chickens, and I decided I was going to get a bunch of chickens. And now, hold on, Murray sorry, had... hold on one second. In Berkeley, so what era would have would this have been where chickens would have been acceptable, or are they are they acceptable oh, they today? Aren't. No, no. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the current laws are there. Um, it wasn't really acceptable, but there were a lot of places that sold chicken feed, and a lot of people, like my UPS driver, would show up and go. <laughs> You've got chickens. We have chickens too. Really? It's like a, a, a subculture. <laughs> so, and I had ducks too. Um, Why? Oh, ducks are like like intelligent chickens. They're fun. So, so it was a, that was a pet. Uh, yeah, all six of them. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. This whole. <laughs> I mean, their first one was a pet, yes. And after that, it was just, I like chicken eggs. Chicken eggs were fun. Um, but when I moved back up to Port Angeles permanently, I went to McMurray Hatchery, and it said minimum order 25. And I'm like, oh, how bad? I had old chickens. How bad can 25 chickens be? They can't lay that many. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so when I started getting two dozen eggs a day. Oh, man. <laughs> And they were precious. I was giving them to all my neighbors. My neighbors were like, uh, no thanks, no more. So that was Please, before no before they were gold that they've been the last right. year. Right. So I had all these eggs. You'd open my refrigerator, it'd be just stacks of eggs. And uh, I started going through all my cookbooks. And it would be, that recipe only uses one egg. I need something <laughs> that uses a dozen eggs. Come on. <laughs> so I jot little notes down. And then I started getting, you know, seriously writing down lots and more recipes. And then my brother decided to do himself in. And I went into a real bad grief cycle. 
Mm-hmm. I just I was just useless to everybody. So I decided to write a chicken and egg book as my grief process. So um, not a cookbook. My, it was a cookbook. It was, what, what, it was translating all okay. my recipes. But then I got into the history of some of the recipes, mm. and I, and I got into like try, finding the best way to hard boil an egg. Uh, so I did like you know, 15, 20 dozen eggs. I tried them by putting them in water with vinegar, putting them in water with um, uh, what the powdered um, baking soda, uh, poking a hole in the ends of the eggs, different temperatures. I was just doing everything, all the variations I found. And so, so what's the best? Steaming them. Steaming them? Yeah. And I like them with a steamer basket, like a vegetable steamer yeah, basket. Yeah, really? You put, yeah, you put a couple inches in and you just put the top on and just let them boil, just steam them for like 12 minutes. Depends on the size of your egg. And then you instantly plunge them into cold water and they peel. It's great. The, and you don't end up with a green on, ring on the inside right. when you steam them. Yeah, it's great. So can you overcook them at that point? I mean, I guess you probably could, but is is it flexible? Like, is your time frame? Yeah, you can pretty much overcook them. The other way you can quote unquote hard boil eggs is you can put them on the barbecue after you've baked, cooked everything, and as the the coals die down, yeah, that'll also hard cook them. Oh, that's fascinating. All right, I'm trying that next you can, time. You can also you can also smoke eggs in a smoker. Does uh, Which, does any of the smoke get through the shell? A lot of it does. The shell's porous. Well, okay, so not in the book because I found this later. Um, if you have truffles, mm-hmm. if you find a good supply of truffles, if you put eggs in like a big jar, uncooked eggs in a jar with truffles, the truffle flavor will go through the egg and flavor the egg. So you have like really ritzy boutique eggs then. Oh, they're they're. <laughs> Really interesting. Huh. Um, I found I found this in like a Chez Panisse cookbook, and I'm like, wait, I've never heard of this. I looked at egg recipes for 12 years now. How come I didn't find this? So I of course ordered truffles, and I got the truffles, and I tried it. It's a really interesting flavor, and I made a little custard, a little a little truffle custard with truffle. It was delicious that's, for savory. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So then theoretically, you could do it with other, like boldly well, fl- boldly. Um, flavored things well i did that (laughs) well what i did is i went on the premise that you are what you eat and when chickens eat a whole lot of grass they come up with beautiful orange yellow you know Mm yolks. so i said well what if i feed them onions and garlic (laughs) (laughs) so i fed my chickens garlic (laughs) and it's not a flavor you want Uh. it's like you get an egg that's like Mm. <laughs> does it taste off? Yeah, it does. Oh. So I haven't I haven't tried it putting garlic crushed garlic in a jar with eggs, but But that's just dry, right? You're not putting them in liquid. It's just dry in so they're in the air basically with them. Yeah. That's with fascinating. Yeah. I know. I, yeah. John finds this not fascinating, I'll point out. Okay, the guy who has an opinion on everything food or drink and it's usually an obscure reference to something that makes him sound like an absolute educated um, master on the subject, <laughs> which he's yeah he is. It it that that is my favorite part of him is his <laughs> random like you you open up that door to all right we're talking about this piece of food and all of a sudden there's just this endless 
supply of something. Yes, that's him. <laughs> Writing his vinegar book. Uh, okay, that, I have that written down. Is that actually going to happen? <laughs> well. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, John's way of making vinegar is organoleptic. I think that's what he says. Some word like that. For making and, it? Yeah, he makes his own vinegar. Okay. I mean, he has been brewing vinegar since he started drinking wine. No wonder so you don't live with him. That makes sense. <laughs> so how how he makes vinegar is that, oh, I didn't drink this wine. There's like, you know, this much wine uh-huh. in the bottom of the jar. Oh, I'll just leave the bottle open and sitting in the corner in the kitchen. And before you know it, there's like, yeah. After six months, there's like, you know, 100 bottles sitting there. And then I'll, you know, I go, uh, there's a lot of bottles sitting there. <laughs> and he say, well, let me go through them. And he goes through and he sniffs them and he tastes them. Oh, this is a good one. They turn to vinegar normally. Some of them, yeah. not all of them. And uh, some, he goes, oh, this has got a good start. So he inoculates it with a culture he already has. And then it turns into more vinegar, and that's great. And the rest of them he throws out because they either are bad or they haven't done anything. That's making vinegar. Now, all the nonsense with getting a mother and all that, you yes. know, those things are downright dangerous. Just like growing your own kombucha is kind of scary because, you know, some of the bacteria aren't good for us. Mm-hmm. Is that just so, a fad? Just, probably. Well, let's hope. Um, I mean, I've read all the old books on making vinegar and it's all kind of either closely guarded or it's, uh, it's, you have to have a good strain and you mm-hmm. have to be careful of the bad ones. Cause if you get a bad strain of vinegar, it'll give you a stomach ache for six months. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, but his making vinegar to me has always been kind of laughable. It's like, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a science. It's not a big book. It's a pamphlet. <laughs> a booklet. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's okay. Um, <laughs> did you Did you uh, grow up, uh, other than in like Iran, learning how to cook there, what did you do after you were done over there and you came back to America? Um, Everything. Did you just continue on in like making things, like cooking? Was that now, that was your start to cook? No, my mother was the worst cook in the world and didn't really like anybody messing up her kitchen. My mother was a horrible cook. I mean, and I can say this. I mean, my mother would cook pork chops until they were cardboard. You know, she, and, you know, boil things until they, they were, they gave up completely. Um, <laughs> it wasn't until I moved out, I bought a house when I was young and I was poor because I, I bought up a fixer-upper and I didn't know how to fix things up. So I did a lot of trial and error and I had a kitchen and I didn't have a lot of money for food. Matter of fact, at the end of my paycheck, I had like 20 bucks for food for the, the month. So I learned, I put together a, a co-op shopping club mm-hmm. where I'd buy, you know, 10 pounds of, of, of rice and I would split it up among six other people and I'd end up with the free portion. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Is that the baker's take? <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of. It was like, well, I went and got it, and I divided it up, and you guys are getting a great deal. It's cheaper than Safeway. So, mm-hmm. and I went out and I picked fruit, and I brought back fruit for the little enclave of the people who were buying from me. 
and we did we did cheese we did everything so i bought a lot of things in bulk um which i like to do so i learned how to make um, what john calls rough country cooking because you know i'd go get i'd do dumpster diving and i'd get the vegetables out of the trash at the vegetable store and you know i i had creative ways to find food um, and then I worked in restaurants for a while. I was always, I, I was a waitress. I was a bartender. I was this, the person in the kitchen that just cut stuff up for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of things. So I always cooked because I liked to eat. And well, you so, might as well eat good. That's, that's my thing. Yeah. No. It's, and it's expensive to go out all the time. Oh yeah. It's not no, usually I got that really, good either. I got into slow cooking. Uh, like pressure cooker crock pot stuff or no slow slow cooking's a movement that started about 19 i'd say 1980 1990 and it was about you know making things from scratch okay so right now like i i eat in season mm-hmm. local and i make everything from scratch do you garden as well my de- deer out here eat everything so now i gave up on it <laughs> <laughs> Except the eggs. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much. So um, I decided that in the height of my slow cooking phase, I was going to make the perfect cheesecake, the best cheesecake ever. So I made my own sour cream. I made my own cream cheese. I had eggs from my duck. I made a pound cake and sliced it thin and dried it out and crunched it up and lined a pie tin with it. And I made this cheesecake, just everything, nothing was from the store. It was everything, I, well, the milk, um, the raw milk. And it was, after all this work, took me about a week, I assembled it, and it was a cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> so it may not have been quite worth it. <laughs> no. Was it good, though? Did it turn out? Yeah, yeah it was cheesecake it was good i like cheesecake (laughs) but yeah (laughs) um i had a spice store up here when i first moved back to port angeles i opened a a deli in a spice shop and i had over 500 spices so is this like little like bins of spices or like the troughs of vats of spices you know gallon jars yeah lining the shelves yeah I got real into spices for a while. Did some of that come from, I mean, I'm just thinking, I, I spent about six months in Uganda back 20 years ago. Um, and, you know, so there's certain things that I still kind of gravitate to just because I was there for long enough to actually learn some of the mm-hmm. local um, fare. And I still kind of do that. Was that part, did some of that come with you from your early days in Iran? or, or Kind no? of. Um, kind of. I mean, I I was always fascinated by spices, so I thought it would be really cool. And I live in a community that's kind of small. I'm at 17,000 in our town, but, you know, we're the biggest town in the county. Um, And I thought it'd be really cool to have a place to go to get spices and teas and all that and really good breads Mm -hmm. and salamis. It was a lot of work. I didn't keep it up too long. Did you make bread or did you bring it in? Oh, I can't make bread to save my life. (laughs) I make... John describes them as uh, bricks, that oh. I would be a good brick maker. 
<laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't like baking. Baking's too much chemistry for me. Although, uh, unfortunately, I've developed a, an allergy to wheat. Mm-hmm. I'm not gluten intolerant. I have an allergy to wheat. It just came on over the last year, and uh, the gluten-free stuff is yeah. It's got the consistency of cardboard, mm-hmm. or it's dense, or it's a hockey puck. I mean, it's like not nothing I want. And I'm die, and I am a texture eater, and I'm dying for bread. I'm dying. I just so I'm now. I'm I have in the other room forty one different flours that aren't wheat flours. I'm gonna. I'm determined to make pastas and stuff. So, is it is it the actual wheat? That's the issue, and I don't even say that because I've kind of gotten the last year and a half into sourdough, so I just have my own starter that I've got rolling, and so you know that that seems he, like fresh start or sourdough like that is a little bit different. But if it's the wheat part of it, it's the wheat. Mm. It's a grass allergy, but you know oh, everything. Will, but I'm learning. I've I'm I've been reading and incessantly about uh, pretty much any flour will will sour. You know, will do a sourdough. Yeah. So like rice flours or yeah. potato flours. Potato flour is what I want to start with. Well, that might be fascinating. I know. So that's my next book, obviously, because I'm... <laughs> Non-wheat flour. Yeah. Yeah. Not wheat. No yeah. wheat. That's, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, one thing that I have always heard the old wives' tale, um, and then you hear from some people and they panic when you say it, um, if your eggs are... If your chickens lay the eggs in your yard... Do they have to be refrigerated? Not at the beginning. No, we, you know, in the 1800s, we didn't have refrigerators everywhere. And what people did was they would take, matter of fact, you find old recipes for summer eggs, spring eggs, and winter eggs. Really? Which I always thought, yeah. So what they would do is in the height of the laying, which is usually early summer, they would take the eggs and they'd lay, they first they'd coat them, there are four or five different ways of preserving them. One is coating them with an oil. Mm-hmm. or coating them with paraffin, and then laying them in uh, sand or laying them in straw and putting them in a dark place and just leaving them. And, you know, a couple will go bad, but you can kind of tell. Um, and then you, they, would, they would slowly lose a little bit of their, of their moisture, so they become a really dense egg towards winter. And they could keep them for like six, nine, six to nine months oh, really? this way. And some people kept them in water. Um, I mean, you can find all these different ways of doing mm-hmm. it. Some people put, got really involved with it and put like, I don't know, uh, sulfur in between. Really? <laughs> Lime, you know, you find recipes where you just go, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, but, but chicken eggs only have to be refrigerated from when you start refrigerating them. Once you refrigerate them, then you have to keep them refrigerated. So I know people who raise eggs who d- never, they 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 don't wash them they wipe them off Mm -hmm. because the eggs have a a natural uh waxy substance on them from the chicken butt and then they (laughs) leave them out (laughs) and then they leave them out till they cook them and they leave them out for you know a week or so okay um yeah chicken eggs are fine Unless they've been sitting in the yard for more than a week in hot weather, and then mm. you'll you have a really fun experiment when you bring them in the house because they'll explode. Ooh, <laughs> that, they stink. that's really neat. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have like four or six dozen eggs delivered from a local farm every week to our house. 
<clears throat> and so that was oh. that was part of my interest in when I saw that you guys oh, they're did probably, this because they're probably not refrigerating them at all until you get no them. no they're like they pick them up and bring them to us yeah, uh, yeah. They, they do clean them somewhat but yeah they're not they're not like washed at all so yeah and they're I mean obviously we don't buy eggs anymore in in the store because why well when you know the Horrible. eggs you buy in, in from the big farms mm-hmm. from the gigantic empires of, of growers you know those the eggs you buy in a grocery store can be up to six months old they've been refrigerated for six months at least which is why nobody says that i know that's why salmonella became a problem because one of the egg growers was terrible about keeping things clean the chickens are in battery cages so from the floor to the ceiling as far as you can see your chickens mm-hmm. in con- little chicken condos and they poop on each other so, you know, yeah, you know, you're going to get salmonella. But if you're talking about chickens that are running around in the sunlight, that's not a problem. Awesome. And they're fresh. Mm-hmm. And they're, and they're, you know, a different way, egg. way better. My, my kids now are like oh, yeah. spoiled too. We, we, <laughs> if they ever have the opportunity to eat non-farm eggs, they just eh, they don't really want them. So that works. I'm okay with it. Until we can't hey. afford or find any. Oh, well, when, nah, chickens are everywhere. Uh, when, yeah, my wife wants some. I'm trying to tell yeah. her no, but. No, 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 don't. <laughs> Darn it. They, now she's going to hear got, this. If, Shoot. If you've, got, if you've got kids, they have, they, they don't eat all their sandwich. No, they, they don't eat all their vegetables on the plate. You know, they, they leave, they leave food everywhere. You give that to the chickens. The chickens will eat anything. It's like, and they're right. also fun to watch. You don't need TV. You can tell the kids, go out and watch the chickens. Go out and sit by the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it works. Ha- and then you get a couple ducks, and then you'll get a goose or two, and yeah. No, no. I'm not getting a duck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'd get a cow, but in town, it'd be awkward to have a cow in the yard. Um, I had a sheep. Well, now they'll eat anything, won't they? Or is that a goat? A goat's eat anything. Yeah. Sheep are just sheep. <laughs> Why did you have a sheep? I don't know. Because I have seven acres, and I thought they could mow for me. Okay. <laughs> Didn't work. Do a great job. <laughs> <laughs> how how did you meet John? Oh, um, I worked for a software distribution company that sold. We sold two-thirds of all the premium packs. I don't know if you remember what a premium pack was, but that was when you could put it on the Apple II, and it would change it to instead of having whatever columns, you'd have twice the number of columns on the screen. It also had a Microsoft product with it. Um, we, and we mostly sold Microsoft products. I mean, that's, we blame me. You know, we sold a lot of product for the company. Well, when the company was were you, What was your job? Everything, uh, I and uh, my part. Well, Dennis, we went to all the little software companies that were little teeny little holes in the wall, and we would get them product. It was a hobbyist community, and I packed it, and I ordered it, and I did the accounting, and I, I did everything. Wow. And so, so John was. Um, he was at a party for some uh, mail order software company, 
uh, it was their Christmas party, and I went, and we met, and I was like, <laughs> everyone was going, oh, he's the big columnist. I'm like, who reads about this shit? <laughs> what do you mean, Info World? He was still with it. No, I, mean, I think he just, no, he was still with Info World. And I went, who reads this stuff? It's boring, you know? Now, I had been working in, my background before that is I'd worked at Crocker Bank when Crocker Bank was still in existence, and it was a beta test site for IBM. Okay. And I was in the online computer room, and my whole thing was I was, I, I was the computer guy, the person who measured the computers, the new beta test site computers that we got. So we had all the new ATMs, mm-hmm. and we had all the new point-of-purchase machines and all that. And... I only worked with mainframes, so I thought microcomputers were stupid. Like, what do you need this for? You know, you could just dial into the main computer mm-hmm. and have all this computer power. So, you know, but everybody who I knew in these departments were leaving to go work or to start software companies. So, you know, I followed them. Um, and I went to work for someone who was doing distribution. And But I thought it was still stupid. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. I thought it was just going to be for nerds that were like, I have a little computer on my desk. You know, yeah, great. (laughs) Who knew they'd be ubiquitous now? Yeah. So, um, you know, I met him and everyone was telling me how he's a columnist. And I'm like, you know, and they're like, oh, he's famous. And I'm like, okay. Now, at the time, I had been hanging out with the comedy community in San Francisco. So I knew all the comedians and... I'd done a production company in Stockton, and yeah, I knew all the people who were really famous, you know, really famous. Right. <laughs> so with John, he was like, oh, you know, I'm a columnist. I'm like, yeah, big deal. Uh, so we, we got along really well, and he had a very, we have a very similar sense of humor. So, um, you know, we started seeing each other on and off, and then I discovered that, uh, he didn't have anyone doing his books and keeping track of stuff. And he also had a book contract with one of the big companies ready to do four books. And he, he's, he's not a book writer. He's an essayist. Mm. So I wrote one of his books. The first book was the, the guide to the PC junior. <laughs> you wrote that. <laughs> are, are you credited at all? Oh, you know, my name's on the cover. Awesome. <laughs> and then, um, as our relationship developed, he, he we got more books, and I, you know, I I pretty much helped him do the books because he's an essayist. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's a, he can edit and all that, but writing long, long, long documents is not his style. You know, I'm the long document person, clearly from too many eggs. Uh, <laughs> Eight hundred pages. How big is that thing? Yeah. Seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> oh, <cow. laughs> and that's without any indexes, because we decided indexes would just be too expensive. Oh, and what to, would the index say? Right, it would yeah. say? It would say egg. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken. Um, yeah. Multiple egg. Two egg right. recipes. Seven egg recipes. <laughs> yeah. So the book is lacking that. Um, but yeah, John and I, you know, it, it was a good, it's always been a really good partnership because mm-hmm. I pay attention to things he doesn't pay attention to, and I'm fine to let him be talent and be up there. You know, I don't have any real ego to do that stuff. <laughs> so that means he does. <laughs> yeah. I guess if you're on television, you kind of have to be. I know. I'm the lousy wife, though. I'm like the wife no one ever wants. Why? You know? 
You know, because where are my socks? Who made me sock queen? Oh, no. I don't know. Where'd you leave them? <laughs> right. You took them off. You had them last. Right. <laughs> They're your socks. <laughs> yeah. So writing has been a big part of your life. Yep. And, um, and we, you should come to one of our dinners with the family. Oh, it'd be hilarious. I would love that. It'd be like the best thing in the world because it's we probably have, pretty wild. We're all, we all have our little specialties and we, yes, it's, it's a challenge to see who knows the most about something. So it's great. So is, around the dinner table at the Dvorak house, is that a, um, like a, Anything's on the table, kind of conversation. Oh, yeah. Like there, there's no like taboos. So nothing is. No, matter of fact, every one of my major failures, we now we refer to as well. That's good dinner time conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good story for right. a cocktail party. Right. <laughs> well, there was something that I heard John say the other day. He's like, yeah, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast or at the, around the dinner table. So. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> A friend of mine actually dubbed it the Dvorak syndrome. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's, and you know, what's, now with cell phones, it's even better because someone will say something that is just a blatant, nah, it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And John will go, that's bullshit. And you go, no, it's not. And he'll go, look it up on your phone. <laughs> of course, he won't have his phone. But he doesn't have a phone. Else, yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, he sees no reason to have a phone. He sees no reason to answer his phone most of the time. Still the landline, though. Yeah? Same, same number. Yeah. Is it really? How long, how long has that... Okay, so you're in Port Angeles. How long have you had that property? 30 years. Okay. As lo Almost as long as the California one? Or, no. or did he have that prior? No, we bought that house together. Okay. I, so, I sold my house in Oakland, and he sold his house in Albany, and we bought this hideous house on the hill. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Is it weird? Is it unique? Is It It was built by a, um, a couple that were going to Berkeley. I think they were getting their graduate degrees. And it was a kit home that you could like from Sears? buy back then. <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. And neither of them had any building experience. And they didn't do, and at the same time, they had a building inspector in Albany that was later in prison for years for taking bribes, oh. who, who let anything pass. So it had, it, it's a challenging home. It's a home that's, you know, it, it's a beautiful view. It overlooks the Golden Gate Bridge. It's gorgeous, but it's just weird. Mm. It's a weird house. It's, um, you know, in places you find like the molding that they baseboard that they put up, they were tired of cutting it, so they just broke it and then stuck it up. Yeah. Quality of workmanship. Weird. Not so much. It's a weird house. So, and I, you know, it's on a hill, and I don't know. I got, I was so sick of living in the Bay Area at that point, but John loves the Bay Area. So that's why. Well, and that, that's know, where I, the whole industry he was in forever is yeah, right he, he was kind of stuck there yeah so i moved up here in the first couple of years i would fly back once every week every weekend i'd fly back down <laughs> wow okay. yeah um you know then we finally got off the cow path of the information highway mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> right <laughs> and i could be here more yeah it's I, I mean i don't know i we keep talking about me moving but i think you should move but 
Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't know. I Does mean, he? Yeah. He likes overlooking the bay. I think maybe. I I only know this because I listen to him talk. I've never talked to the guy. But. Oh, he likes he likes to um, he likes shopping. So he goes to like his grocery outlet. The gross out. Gross, yep. Yep. Gross out. <laughs> and then he goes to you know San Francisco and, and he gets all his wine from places. And I mean he goes he floats around. He likes he's really. He, I mean he's pretty much oh you know been an East Bay guy for a long time. So he enjoys that. I go there and I get overwhelmed instantly. I mean, it's too many people. Yeah. So at one point yeah. in the last few years, you uh, attempted, or I don't remember if you were successful, but you attempted to be part of local government. Is that right? I'm, I'm currently, I'm on the planning commission currently. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did try. I, I ran for city council. I'm a failed, as they put it in a local paper, I'm a failed no. council candidate. Are you kidding? They, they said that? Oh, yeah. They say it. It's how I'm referred to. Oh, yeah. In a mean press. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't use Mimi, though. Um, locally, I use my legal name, so. Oh, so you have a secret name that no one knows except the press, the mean press? No, my legal name is Meryl Lee. Oh, I know Meryl Lee Diane actually. So I use Mimi because you can say it and spell it. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is uh, is AI going to destroy the writing industry? In your no, mind? but it's a great tool. It's a fantastic tool for research. Okay. Um, the writing is. You can tell that it's awkward. Mm-hmm. It's it's about. I'd say it's as good as any sixth grader. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, I think I think it's a great tool. I mean, it's a fun tool. It's fun to play with, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, I've been hearing about AI as long as I've been in computers. Well, because it was always the dream, wasn't it? Like, oh, if we can make this machine think for itself, then we can And it, flying we'll cars. That's true. But hey, for, at one point, having a watch that you could talk to and it could read stuff to you, that was a, a pipe dream. I and want the full-size have... robots. I want robots. Oh, that'd be fun. Maybe. Maybe. Until they take Actually, over. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And they will. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's... There was a, a book that I wrote with John. He had written it, and then I rewrote it. Uh, that he had sold and then it got canceled and it was called The Loving Computer. And this was, I want to say 1985-ish, 1984. And I came up with the premise that computers that, you know, if you look at the old, old testament of the Bible, the the first chapter starts with, you know, God made man in his image. So clearly we're just trying to make more men, more people. We're trying to make things in our image because that was our our pattern. (laughs) Yep. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah. Um, today, I think the Hollywood writers went on strike again. Oh my goodness! They all did. these TV shows are now shut down. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts? It, 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 is it over? Like the fact that they can all just shut down all of these shows? Um, it, it, are, are they the? Is it the Writers Guild? Whatever it is. Is that an appropriate group? 
Well, you know, writers don't get paid much anyway. Yeah. And the the wages have been falling ridiculously for years. Really? Oh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, I've done freelance stuff, and it's not even worth it anymore. Mm. Um, and the other thing, too, is, it's, you know, Hollywood eats up and, you know, chews up and spits out writers constantly. It's a hard business. When you have to create week after week, you know, mm-hmm. and constantly write, you know, I, I think they're asking for nice things. You know, you're lucky if you can get into the Screenwriters Guild. There's a ton of people who don't ever, who, you know, the writers hire writers to help them for things, especially for comedy stuff. You know, I know a lot of people who are stringers. Really? Um, who who write, yeah, who write They write for, for writers? Well, you, you know, it's hard to write jokes. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. And, you know... The standard comedy writer, like, let's say you have to write, you know, I need 10 good jokes. You might have to write 100 jokes to get 10 good jokes for that guy. So, you know, and this price of, if we're just talking the price of jokes, it used to be you'd get $10. Woody Allen would talk about getting $10 a joke. Well, that's still the price. It, it is? So so a yeah. joke that they accept and like, 10 bucks. For, for a comedian, yeah. Comedians take, pay 10, 10 bucks. Yeah, I'll give you 100 bucks for 10 jokes. I mean, they... The price has not gone up since I wrote comedy for people. Um, no, it's a tough business. And, you know, I mean, let's face it. You know, the, the, the more we get these mega corporations owning the entertainment companies, mm-hmm. the more they're going to screw the, the workers. So but they don't get this any participation. Isn't, this isn't terribly new, is it? I mean, back in the, you know, back in the heyday of the, the music world, I mean, it, that was owned by a few you know, suits. And everybody got screwed. Yeah, except them. <laughs> they made out. <laughs> and a few good producers that could figure out how to get their name in there. Um, yeah. But, they, you know, that's kind of going more independent today. Is there any way we're going to see more of this writing world kind of move more independent? You mean like like self-publishing your own books? Yeah, <laughs> right. How's that working out? <laughs> Well, actually, I don't own the publishing company. John does. Um, oh, John and my and Jay, my daughter. Okay. And, and we're we're not doing things. We finally decided. Okay, we're just throwing out most of the models. Mm-hmm. That's why you can do a free PDF. Mm-hmm. Sure, download it. You know, you're yeah. going to steal it anyway. I mean, everybody can steal everything. Right. So I'll just give it away mm-hmm. because that way. Because I don't think that you need. John and I've talked a lot about this. I don't think that in that knowledge should be. Behind a, a paywall in that way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate paywalls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll leave. You know, yep. Yep. So, yeah, I don't. So, and it's not that I'm cheap. It's just like, you know, I think that No Agenda's got the right idea. You know, if you want to, great. If you don't, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, you know, the value for value is the right way to go, and I think that what we want to do is publish other books, um, other people, and do using the same, the same kind of model. The same yeah. model. So you, like you can have some... a digital version of it, or you can buy the hard copy. Right. And, you know, it doesn't matter. They're both customers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see the difference between having a digital copy that you can download or going to a library and Ooh, checking it true. out. that's true, yeah. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want the knowledge, great. If you want the book, you'll buy the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think... 
so I, you know, and of course, publishers hate my idea, and I've had other writers come after me about it. Really? Oh, like, yeah. how dare you give it away? Yeah, like, well, I have a book on the market, too. Why are you giving yours away? <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I can. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a good idea. I mean, so, it really is yeah. a good idea. And with music, it's the same thing, you know. I think that... If we go on a donation basis, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I have no problem supporting somebody if I like their stuff. Totally. I mean, look at how, or even GoFundMe, you know, that kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. someone's trying to get enough money to record. Yeah. Yeah, I'll donate to that. Mm -hmm. It's the forced capitalism I don't like. I think forced capitalism, would that be the right word, way to describe it? I mean, it's like, you know, don't make me pay for something. Is it, is it forced capitalism or is it assigned value? There you go. Yeah. But yeah, software companies are great for that. Oh, they always have the retail price, the suggested retail price, uh -huh. and then it would be whatever you want to sell it for, whatever you can get for it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's well, the right. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a photographer and a graphic designer. That's my business that I do. <clears throat> and so I've been in the Adobe world for the last 18 years almost. And... I, I love the product and I'm so invested into that workflow in my head and the way I, I work that when they went to their subscription base, I had no option because everything yeah. was so fluid in my workflow that I wasn't prepared or ready to try to reinvent the wheel. And the heroin addiction mode. Yeah, yes. Exactly. And I love it almost all the time because it's great. But the money that I have to shell out to get that oh, is yeah. frustrating. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. Automatically gets sucked out of your account. Yeah. What's, what do you think of AI for the graphics? Like, if you go to the Bing graphic generator, what do you think of that? Well, my kid, my oldest son, he's, he'll be 17 in August. Um, he, him and some friends have started playing around with one of the generators. And he's like, Dad, I don't want to buy this. So he, you know, fine, he's working. Here, you can put however much, you know. 10 bucks a month or whatever it is to get credits. And so they mm -hmm. were for a minute, they were really into this generating these things. And then you'd start, you'd see a rough version and then, well, that's the one I want it to, to enhance. And so then you dig down that road and some of the products are cool, but they're not real, not remotely. Um, they look kind of fantastical, which is neat. Um, but the real worry that I have, uh, and I, I actually had uh, Russell Brown on back in December, I think, um, and he's the guy who was like early, he, he convinced Adobe to buy Photoshop way back in the day. Um, and he was talking to me, he said, I'm not gonna, he said, I'll be the last guy to, to embrace AI in photography. He's like, but what it's going to do is it's going to be in your cameras and it's going to know where you're at and what you're photographing. And if your shot isn't as good as it could be, it will just help you. Right. And that's terrifying to me as a, you know, as a creator with a camera, because I don't want that. I don't want some fake thing. I want the real. And if I can make something from what I see through the camera, if I can make that work, I don't want some outside influence, you know, in the moment fixing it. Now, I may manipulate it later, but right. uh, so I, I don't love it at all. I don't think it's even remotely close to um, replacing what we do yet right. but see that's it's like the writing yeah I, I, it's getting better though and that's the part that's kind of terrifying yeah but 
you know, okay, I used to do photography when it came when it was black and white, and I do all my stuff in the dark room. Yes, yeah, you know, where you never did that, and, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, where you you make it yep. this little darker and this little lighter, mm-hmm. and you do this, you do that, and you know, I thought that was the creative part of taking pictures. Oh yeah, the dark room so, side, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and you can't, you know, those those pictures. I don't think you can reproduce. I think that you know, with music, I don't listen to modern music much anymore because it all sounds exactly the same yeah. to me yeah it's got the same sounds it's got the same drum beats mm-hmm. it's, you know I, I i think it's okay for the masses but i think there'll always be a group that wants authentic well isn't it the same people that are going back to vinyl and going back to film cameras nowadays uh, yeah yeah I mean, it's it's just got a different feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like people who stopped eating fast food. That's true. And raised chicken. chickens, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know, I think that we're going to have the two camps, and you know, it's going to be the people who, you know, the luddites who, you know, oh yeah, McDonald's is the best. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right? And and or you know, but yeah, I don't see it replacing it. Now, having said that. How are the how are if you do graphics? A lot of stuff I see, I look at, and I suspect it's just it's not just Photoshop. It is somehow just created by a computer. Yeah, I think more of that's coming. I have like I know some people that are extremely talented. You take an Illustrator, for example, and they can make that software do stuff that I didn't even know you could do. And, I mean, it, it's mind-blowing, the stuff they can do with it. So I do think there are still super creative minds out there that know the mm-hmm. software enough, you know, the manipulation. Like, you know, you get a good house, house builder or a good carpenter, you know, they can do things with wood that I could never even dream of doing. Um, because they understand the tools, they understand the medium. And so I think the right. same thing goes for the this art world. Um, <clears throat> I did get... I, signed up to be part of the beta for uh, Adobe's newest AI generator that they've got because they're supposedly going to be adding it in. So if you want to add, you know, a ship to your picture, you just click a button and say ship and it'll put a ship in your in your spot. Well, that's dumb. Anyway, so I, I went in there to see and I hate the results. Like, I must not think properly, you know, to be able to, to prompt it well, the right way. I do like some of the AI art that has people with like 10 fingers in each hand. <laughs> or two right thumbs or something. Yes. Right. It's like, yeah. hmm, that's, that's more creative than I would have ever thought to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but how is this different than like when my son, my middle son, um, Buzzkill Jr. was young, he would, was really into, I think it's KPT Bryce, which did landscapes. I think that was the name of it. And that was B-R-Y-C-E is the last part of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it did these like like Mar- Martian landscapes. Okay. They were really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, some of the stuff I, and that was like years ago. So some of the stuff I see now, I, I'm like, oh, it doesn't look a whole lot different than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, like I, I was playing around with the one that John was pushing, the Bing thing. That stuff? And, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, more like the, yeah. So, yeah, so that was almost like that one screensaver that was built into, um, was that, I don't remember what it was, but it was either a screensaver. And it's also the same feel as those, uh, the music videos where the music plays and then the, the ball rolls about and this stuff just gets created. It's like Fantasia, but digital. Yeah, and Fantasia was a really boring movie. <laughs> Unless you were stoned. <laughs> oh, that's it. It was, it was good with LSD, right. yes. <laughs> I wouldn't know firsthand, of course, but... <clears throat> Me neither. <laughs> right. But I heard. We've heard, right. <laughs> the, um, yeah, the, of course, the one thing that I am so amused by right now is I, you know, I got a meta Oculus Quest. Mm-hmm. Meta Quest, you know, mm-hmm. the 3D yep. little thing. Yep, my kids love it. It's the best thing for old people. Holy hell. Oh, I didn't think about that. Really? It makes me exercise. I have a, a, a boxing one, and I get work up a sweat. I beat the shit out of it. Are you kidding all me? Kinds of, that has got to be the best visual ever. And the Beat Saber. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love it. It gets me up, yeah. and it gets me swinging my arms around and ducking and doing everything else for... An hour. Mm-hmm. They're not marking it to the right people. Every rest home should have a dozen of these. I get on my bicycle and I can bicycle through, you know, different roads and stuff. It's you know, there's a little thing that you can add to your to your bicycle pedal so it can tell how fast oh, okay. you're, you're not just sitting there. Yeah. Um, it's great. I so mean, that's got to like, look crazy, Mimi. You driving down the road with this thing on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I would love doing that. That would be fun. Oh, man. They have some cameras in there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's the, it's, it, it is absolutely for my age group. That's fast. I never really considered it. But, but it yeah. does. It totally makes you move. My 14-year-old, yeah. or 13, he'll be 14 next month, um, he plays a stupid game called Gorilla Tag. And the, oh, way, yeah. the way you move in that game is by swinging your arms. <laughs> yep, yep. So. Although the one that's the most fun for people who haven't played much is to get the plank. I think it's Pete's plank or oh, something. You got to walk the plank. No, nope. it's an. It, you go into an elevator and oh. you hear elevator music, and you go up, and then the doors open, and you're 80 stories up, and there's nope. a plank, and you can jump off it. Oh, jeez! It's great. It's like this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Yeah, no, I, I, you know, it is, it's completely, and the, the fact that you have to have a Facebook account is just stupid, but yes. it is, it is really, it's for old people. I mean, because you can do your own avatar, so you look young and gorgeous, you know, it's, why not? It, is it, <laughs> is it too easy that it may replace face-to-face contact, or is, is it still far off? I don't want to talk to people when I'm... <laughs> when I'm punching people, I want to punch them. I don't know. I don't. I don't see any reason to do the multiple games with other people. Mm. I mean, unless I was playing with maybe some close friends, but only if I could beat them. So I have to practice. <laughs> Competitive much? Oh yeah. I mean, there's. But anyway, it's yeah. That's that's my new discovery. So the family keeps going. Oh brother. So I would love, I want your, I want your definition of what it, what is a herd? No, what is it? A head, a few head of cats. What is that? 
<laughs> you say you have a few head of cat. What in the world? Are you a cat lady? I uh, no, no. I actually am sick of cats. Uh, I have how many are left now? I have four left. At one point, we had like eight. Are these all like outside cats? Keep the uh, rodents in, down. No, well, they have their own room and they have a catio. I now know why John lives in California. <laughs> I have five dogs. Five? Uh-huh. Is that yeah. where Jay got the love for dog walking? Probably. She was basically raised by dogs, so yeah. <laughs> Ooh, um, you guys homeschooled. <laughs> yeah, we did. Why? Just just Jay. Um, oh, well, was it just Jay? It was just Jay. Okay. Uh, um, Jay was going to a private school for kindergarten, first grade, second grade. And then we got this strange teacher who instantly, the first thing she wants is, you know, describe rain. And it was a drought in California because we were in California at that point. Mm -hmm. And then the next one was describe why you're, why being a vegetarian is better than eating anything else. And then write an essay about how wonderful Gandhi was. (laughs) And I went, uh, uh, so I was first grade. It was third grade. Third grade. Holy cow. So I said, uh uh-uh. So we went to a public school, and she was miserable. Mm -hmm. It was just a really difficult school for her. So I said, well, let's just homeschool. So we got into it, and it was fun. Um, You know, I just, I got into homeschool groups, and we started doing homeschool stuff, and I started identifying as a homeschooler, which became... (laughs) Which was great until we got we moved back up to Washington, and unfortunately, all the homeschool groups needed a statement of faith. In order for the state to allow you to, before they would allow my child to go play with their kids. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's when Jay decided to go to a a private, a very small private school Mm. in Port uh, an hour away. Mm -hmm. So I drove her every day, but homeschooling was really a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll have to ask Jay what she thinks about it, but I loved it. I could sleep in. <laughs> there is something to that, right. I took vacations whenever I wanted. I didn't have to argue with the school. Right, yeah. I, I was homeschooled, and we homeschool our kids. And yeah. so I have a fantastic wife who is very, <laughs> she's been willing to take that on. And it's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not easier, I'll tell you that. But it is. Well, Eric who's my oldest son, he homeschooled his three kids. Yeah. And they actually set up a, like a homeschool group where they hired tutors for some things, some mm-hmm. subjects. Mm-hmm. And it, their kids are unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're really, I mean, I think one of his sons is learning Chinese now. And, oh, brother. And wow. they do programming and they program games together. And is that, is that the son, kid that just moved to South Dakota? No, yeah. he moved to the pretty end. I'll give you that. I, I, I live on the flat side of the state. I have no idea <clears throat> why he moved there. I Really? He didn't say? Do, I mean, politics, kid, freedom, kids, what? Kids do what kids do. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see. That's the next stage. When I was, when, when Eric Schill mm-hmm. was young and I, we were here and I had a foster kid as well. 
and I was going nuts with these two boys, say, about the same age. And I ran into a guy at the post office, and we were talking, and he were in line, and he goes, uh, "I've got twelve kids, all a year <laughs> apart." And I'm like, "How did you survive?" Right. He goes, "Well, they'll come up with these really strange ideas, and they'll tell you and say." That sounds like a good idea. Try it. <laughs> Keep them occupied. <laughs> he goes, just agree with everything they say. He goes, it's so much easier. <laughs> huh. <laughs> so that's what I did. So you, you have piles and piles of old recipes. Are they just family, or have you acquired them from all across the... I have old cookbooks. I have cookbooks dating back to the early 1800s. I, whenever I go to a garage sale and someone has a handwritten recipe book, I buy it. Just because, um, it's, because it's handwritten? Yeah, why not? Because awesome. I can't see why people would sell that. I have my grandmother's old recipes. Um, and then I buy all those little Urban League cookbooks, you know, all the women's. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, I have some of Some of them are really funny. Uh, the ones from the 70s are full of jello recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been readily available. Well, it was jello with junk in it, floating in it. It was just like the worst. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I, I learned some things uh, moving to the Midwest and the small towns and the small town churches. So I do yes. church directory photography. So, you know, we go to these tiny little churches and, well, they want to feed you. You got to gotta let them. But it's usually some salad, which means jello, sometimes mayonnaise, raisins, um, just random crap that I'm like, what is this? Nope, that's it. <laughs> and ambrosia. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's I don't the, think I've had that. That's the uh, can of mixed fruit, uh, fruit salad. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, mm -hmm. that's strained yep. with either marshmallow sauce oh, yes, or yes. mayonnaise Marshmallow, added. yes. yes. Oh. Ambrosia. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah just... That was my mother's generation. That's what <laughs> mm -hmm. they did. Yeah. Well, you know, the churches got together and, and declared that deviled eggs should not be called deviled eggs because that... Because it sounded bad? Proper. Because it sounded bad. Um, so in a lot of places, you only see recipes for stuffed eggs. And then devil's wow. food cake. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're devil's food cake, a lot of churches. There were articles that I ran across from that. I like old newspapers, too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I found people going, oh, it's horrible. You shouldn't feed your children devil's food cake. But angel you, food but cake is good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, angel food cake uses a lot of egg whites. Egg whites, though. What do you do with the yolks? Burn them? Hard boil them? No, no you use them. You make custard. Oh, see, I've not done that. That'd be fun. Uh, <coughs> custard. Will Custard's you, good. Are, are you done compiling recipes? Or would would you go down? Because, I mean, you did a very narrow <laughs> narrow uh, subject matter. Um, clearly, there are other things out there that are as readily available recipe wise is there a market for another kind of recipe book tons i mean i don't know if i make it it'll you know if you build it they will come that's what they say uh, <laughs> um 
I am actually going to do something for no wheat because I think mm-hmm. that it's the most frustrating thing I've ever dealt with in my life at this point, you know, and I find that there's all these recipes, you know, wheat wasn't grown all over the world. It was grown in America. It wasn't grown in South America. It wasn't grown in parts of Italy. Only rich people could afford it. So, so like, what did they make bread out of? Uh, everything. Chestnut flour. Really? Yeah. So the pasta, the pasta ravioli is made with a pasta made of chestnut flour filled with like a, a winter squash. Just sounds delicious. So I can't wait to try okay. that. So I, um, it takes me about 24 hours to get there. So <laughs> sorry, maybe a little longer. But. Yeah, there's um, when, when you the, cook <laughs> um, there I've got 41 different types of flour in the other room waiting for me to start experimenting and playing with them. And I want to find the history behind them. Mm-hmm. So from Ethiopia, there's teff flour. T-E-F-F. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's like a micro millet looking stuff that they grind. Um, you know, Ethiopia's made flatbreads out of that forever. You can make flatbreads out of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I've discovered flowers like dried green banana flour. And then there's all the nuts, you know, almond, hazelnut, walnut. All of them have nut meals or flowers. Mm-hmm. Sunflowers, you can make a flower out of sunflower. Um, which is kind of funny because it'd be sunflower flower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Luckily um, spelled differently. We're good. <laughs> yeah. But there's but there's a, just a ton of different flowers and it's they all have their different characteristics. Potato flour is delicious. Rice flour is good. So, you know, it's like, why did the world's, why is the world sold on using just wheat? It's cheap and it's available and it's a world commodity. But... There's recipes for everything else. Um, I think it's worth trying. Um, and I think it's worth finding out the history of some of these old recipes. Mm-hmm. And I found that, you know, it's, yeah, sourdough, you can do sourdough with all the other flours. You know, I mean, it's just fermented. Everything ferments. Right, yeah. Except for <clears throat> hydrogenated oil and high fructose corn syrup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the things found in everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just it. I mean, we yeah. have, our, we are eating monocultures right now. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I mean, that's the reason why we don't have chicken eggs. The commercial chicken market just dropped because all the chickens, all the chickens in all the battery cages, they're all the same white chicken. Mm-hmm. They're all white sex links. And if one of them gets sick, they all get sick because they don't have any natural immunity. They're all the same animal. And so it's like, you know, we've gotten to a point where all the wheat we eat is all the same wheat. It's mm-hmm. all the same hyper-changed wheat. You know, and then the things we do to the wheat are just horrible. I mean, you know, we use azodicarbamine to age the flour because wheat flour can't, it can either be used fresh, just ground, yeah, or you have to age it for some amount of time. And in the, you know, 1800s, we aged it by putting it in cloth flour sacks and letting it sit for six months, eight months, a year, two years. I've never been able to find the actual amount of time because that was always proprietary and it's been lost to history. Then we realized that we could start taking wheat and bromiding it, and and that would age it quicker, so it would oxidize it. And then they said, oh, bromide's so bad, so now we're using this stuff called azodicarbamine, which is what makes uh, yoga mats fluffy. It 
<laughs> really? That's in our wheat it's, or our flour now? It's in our flour. It's always, it's for the last 10 years, it's been used as a dough conditioner because it makes dough really spongy and easy to use. Um, it has been banned in the EU. But here we use it, and oddly enough, people are developing gluten and wheat allergies. Oh, shocker. Yeah, that coincide with this chemical in our food. So, you know, it's like, okay, so let's go back before this. You know, let's start eating a wider variety of things. Let's try, instead of just saying, oh, well, this recipe only works with wheat, Mm -hmm. let's try it with 20 other flours and see what works. Because you can make pancakes with anything. Right. You know, pancakes are a flatbread. Yeah. So I, I just think it's worth, you know, I think we need to vary our diets more. So, like, do you subscribe to the idea of eating in season, basically? I do. Just because you, I mean, you... Except for bananas. I make the excuse that I eat everything in season except for bananas and oranges. You mean you, you will eat those anytime or you won't eat them at all? I eat those all year. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I cheat. But I do eat everything that's grown within 20 miles of me. Really, I mean, all my 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 beef comes from a local farmer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my milk comes from a local raw dairy. Is it um, legal in, in Washington? That was the first dairy that became legal really? to sell raw milk in Washington. Because that that and just then, makes me want to scream and yell when it's illegal. Well, right. Well, before that, there were there were cow shares that you could buy. Yeah, you could always get it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I eat. You know, I eat. Eggs, chickens laid. I found a woman in Squam, this woman who's 10 years older than I am, who has, uh, she raises quail in her garage. In the, really? <laughs> yeah, she has a stacked cages. She's got artificial light for them. Um, they lay eggs, they roll out. So she goes, and then when they don't lay anymore, she eats them as, you know, she likes quail. She eats quail for, that's their meat. It's fantastic. I can't kill things, so that's not good for me. Mm-hmm. See, I moving I to make- moving to South Dakota, where fe- the pheasant is everywhere. Um, yeah, the state bird that we shoot, but that's all right. Um, I uh, have grown to really enjoy pheasant meat. It's probably my favorite game bird um, all day long, and it's it's lovely. Um, well, except for the buckshot in it. Well, you just got to chew, tread lightly. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I can see that. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, no, I, I was wondering, have you noticed yeah. in your egg research? Uh, sorry, these things just a fertilized egg. Is it good, bad? Is it different? Does it cook differently? Can you tell? Oh yeah, you can tell. You can kind of tell. Um, if you let it fertilize for too long, you see the blood vessels growing on the egg. How long does that take? 21 days. Okay. I think. Maybe a duck's 21 days, somewhere around there. I mean, you know, a chicken will lay a clutch of eggs over a couple of days, and then she sits on it, and they all hatch, you know, a couple of, like, they're a couple of days apart, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah. But as far as cook, you know, cooking with a fertilized egg, it's really indistinguishable. Well, I'm sure I cook with a lot of fertilized eggs because I had roosters, and I never saw any difference. Hmm. I mean, some people are like, oh, they have to be fertilized, or oh, I have to have unfertilized. Okay. I don't... 
<laughs> so so it's not near the the issue. I had one lady the other day. I said, yeah, we, we get eggs from a farm. And she's like, oh, my goodness, that's terrible. Uh, you got to be really careful. You're going to get sick. No, we're good. No, no. But when you get an egg that you break it open when it started fertilizing and the, the blood vessels start growing and you don't pay attention and you open it, you do get a red yolk or a, a red white. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. So, so you don't you probably shouldn't have that one. No, no. I mean, it's good to candle them, you know. Like, mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and the one time I cracked open one that had chicken, it I almost I screamed. Wait, the little chicken was in there. Mm, yeah, that's a little weird. Was, yeah, that was not good. But hey, people was, eat veal and lamb. Well, I mean, I'm sure I could have eaten it; it would have been <laughs> right. fine. But it's just, yeah, I felt guilty. What did Julia Child do to the cooking world? Uh, I'm not a big Julia Child fan. Really? No. I mean, she's okay, but... Well, she's dead now, isn't she? God, let's hope. (laughs) Uh, No, I like the older guys, like uh, Pella Pratt. And, you know, I I like the old, the guys that were really interesting. Um, I recently found a cookbook. Actually, John started me on it. He said, what was the guy's name? Urbain Dubois. He goes, you should find a book from Urbain Dubois. <laughs> okay. So I searched and I searched and I searched and I find two volumes written in 1880 that were um, in French. He's never been translated to English. But he was the guy who invented what at the time they called Russian service, which is where you'd get a menu and then you'd get dishes like a salad and then soup. And because before that, everything was just family style. Everything was on the table at once, but he just decided so that it was So the Russians wasteful. came up with the, the, the we, courses? Yep. Weird. And a menu so that the way you can go, well, I don't really, I'm not so hungry. I don't mm. feel like this tonight. Mm-hmm. So this is this guy. So I'm getting the books translated, and then they will also go up as a free PDF because I think he's an interesting character. Yeah. My French reading comprehension is about third grade level. So the fact that you have any is words. is good. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, don't discount the Iranian yourself. Iranian chef. Yeah. The Iranian French was shit was French. So that's where I learned my French mostly. But. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Are you as much of a wine snob as John? Um, I only drink red wines from France. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I will only drink the certain kind. <laughs> I know. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but that's only because anything else gives me a headache. Okay. Is that because it's just crap? Or it's just no, so different? it's just... No... Uh, Allergies again. You know, mm. a California wine takes all of its native whatever yeast is on it and they kill it. They kill it off. And then they add a, a mono yeast that's this big, it's going to work every time yeast, kind of like using just a baker's yeast instead of doing sourdough yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mono yeast is something, has something in it that I'm allergic to. So it gives me the worst headache in the world. And I also have allergies to leaf mold. So I think it's something having to do with the leaf mold that's in this super yeast. Because, mm. yeah, it's just, it's, it, I get a headache in the center of my head that feels like, 
you know, I'm going to die. So I gave up drinking California wines or pretty much anything except for red wines that use the natural yeast that's on the skin. That only comes from <laughs> Europe. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a huge wine drinker, though. I mean, are, are you? Is there another spirit that you enjoy? Are you kombucha? No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, oh yeah. Well, in high school, I learned how to make corn mash. Oh, a little moonshine. <laughs> Interesting. My parents were not pleased with me. <laughs> Yeah, I had a still in the whole thing. I was selling to the other people, the kids in school, a quart for like, you know, five bucks. Jeez. I know, it was a great setup. I read all these books. I went to the library and I researched it really well. And I uh, I took the, the cornmeal and sugar and I put it in the ice chest that we didn't use very much in the backyard. And I put um, uh, a screen over it basically to keep the flies out. Mm-hmm. So I used cloth. And then when it got nice and bubbly, <laughs> I set up a still by using an old crock pot with one of those buttons that you pop out. Yeah. And that's where the, the copper coil went. So that I had copper tubing came out and went down through a, a little thing of ice. And then I had a petcock at the bottom. And I put it on top of one of those old skillets, the electric skillets that you can adjust the temperature. So I could get it to temperature and it was, it would drip out, and I would double distill it, and then I, <laughs> and I would put it in jars in the back of my closet, and then I would put in some um, aged wood, usually whatever I could find. But I, we used hickory a couple times. We used oak sometimes, and I'd age it for a little while so it gets more flavor. And then my dad found it, <laughs> or my mom found it, and then my, <laughs> then my dad was very impressed, <laughs> but he told me that no, you can't be doing this it's not legal (laughs) right (laughs) but no i um you know no i I drink milk i drink orange juice i drink water i'm really boring that's the other reason that i'm i'm relegated to living up here (laughs) (laughs) well yeah yeah i like tea flower teas are my newest thing like wildflower like you pick out of your yard in a wild, but well, flowers? yeah, I could. No, yeah, like I've got chrysanthemum and I've got um, I've got blue pea flower and I have blue lotus flower and I've got uh, hibiscus. They're all really interesting teas. I know, I know. There's a reason why you know. Well, I live up here going. <laughs> Uh, actually, there's a lot of things you can make tea out of. You make tea out of bay leaf. Bay leaf tea is delicious. And it's good for your digestion. Um, and right now, there's dandelions everywhere. You can make dandelion tea. You can take dandelion dandelions and split them apart and take just the yellow portion. And you can add those to um, to pancake batter. They're delicious. Really? Uh-huh. You can make a, sou- a soup out of them. So I'm actually <laughs> can... growing a crop in my yard? Is that the idea? You are. <laughs> and the stuff is fantastic. Really? Yeah, you, if you go online, you can actually find some really great dandelion syrup recipes. And it, it's very floral. It, all you do is boil it down with, with sugar, basically. And you end up with a syrup that's really good over pancakes. I made dandelion. I have, a, of course, a very old book on how to make different wines. I made dandelion wine one year. I know. It's, it, for, it just doesn't sound good. I mean, maybe, I don't know. It's because very I'm floral. just narrow and in my mind. <laughs> well, it's got, I'm sure it's got health benefits. 
either way, it's like the teas are great. Just making tea out of all kinds of weird stuff yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah. You know, why not? I mean, if you take yes. the dandelion root and you dry it, you know, you roast it and dry it, you know, dry it out, you can make it into um, a coffee substitute. Is that I your know. next book? <laughs> that would be awesome. Too, too many weeds? <laughs> <laughs> Not too much weed. Too many weeds. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe. Yeah, I, can, I don't know. I mean, like, eat in your yard. <laughs> there, yeah. That works. <laughs> Actually, you read the old cookbooks and they tell you, like, oh, yeah, in the spring, in the early spring when they first came out, find the snails and then you put them into a pit with... You know, in a box where you feed them all kinds of good stuff like greens and grass, and, you know, lettuce and all this. And you feed them for 30 days, 60 days, something like that. And then you eat them. You know, you boil them and eat them. No, I don't think so. When we moved out here in 2008, because um, I grew up in Oregon. And oh. when we moved out here, <clears throat> my in-laws um, found this book. It must have been in their parents collection of some sort and it was a cookbook uh for wild rodents so there was oh yeah possum and all the beaver and uh, yeah there's the book unmentionable cuisine <laughs> yeah. it's the entire cookbook yeah. on yeah it had a fricassee you know ground ground squirrels it was crazy because most of them had like boil it for 12 hours you know where you gotta put it over here and let it sit for a long time because this is not really edible. <laughs> well, yeah. So, wait, where in Oregon? Uh, actually, I grew up in a little town called Winston. So, Roseburg is right on I-5. Um, okay. So, it's about 20 miles or 20 minutes to uh, Green. If you go, Highway 42 goes to, through to Bandon. We live right on that road. Okay. So, I grew up in the I mountains and now I live in the flatland. Whenever I drive to California, I always stop. Um, on I-5 in Oakland, Oregon at the Ranch Motel, the A-Frames. <laughs> I love that place. <clears throat> My parents lived in Sutherland for several years. Before, oh, Sutherland. Before yeah. they, we pulled them out here. So they're here now. and Yeah. But no, that was 25 years I was there. And wow. It's gorgeous. Okay. Um, absolutely beautiful it's, there. Except Oregon. Well, Right. Driving through Oregon really late at night, you go into the gas station and some guy comes out, you know, with the prison tasks and the whole thing. Can I uh, get your gas? What do you want? And you just know, you're polite to him. Thank you. Because you just know that the real clerk is laying in a pool of blood. In the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, and you, it, you can't pump your own gas because you'll do it wrong. So, you know, that's irritating. Well, yeah, and it, it creates jobs. Is that what we're doing it for? That's what I've heard most Oregons tell me, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's their claim. But yeah, uh, I used yeah. to ride motorcycles, and nobody pumps your own gas, your gas if you're on a motorcycle. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Every, you do it yourself, yeah. So that I think it's just an exception. Everyone nods at you because first off, nobody wants that dude with the tattoos holding the gas tank, you know, with the pump between your legs. So that's going to be a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's that. Yeah, I learned how to ride a motorcycle. And, and did you? When I when I 
when I was 40. It was the only thing I could think to piss off my mom. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to get her. Really? Yeah, I have a Honda Interceptor sitting in the garage. When was the last time it was out? A long time. A long time ago. Did the boys ever ride? Um, dirt bikes. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, one my Eric did. I have a dirt bike that I still ride around the yard to annoy the neighbors. <laughs> I also have a quad. I love quads. Oh, this is <laughs> Are you? Do you live alone, or or any, is anyone up there with you? Do you have any kids with you, or is everyone uh, down? I have. I have a hundred and fifty pound uh, Brazilian Mastiff. Does that count? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who hates everybody. Oh. I mean, seriously hates everybody. Really? Well, it'd be easy to when you're that size. He's, yeah, well, it's his breed. Yeah. Something that I've wanted to explore lately is this idea of a legacy. You know, what, what that means. If it's necessary, do we need to leave one? How do you do it? Who's it for? Um, you know, you go back hundreds of years in history. Um, the only reason we know anything about history is because somebody took the time to write it down. And someone took the time to, a lot of it is, is communication between people over a, a distance. You know, so you have these, these letters back and forth. I mean, a lot of our American history is we know because, you know, someone in France was writing to someone here. And so you have these weeks and weeks between writings um, that's kind of a lost art in our society today. What does it mean to kind of, you know, to, to establish a legacy and then how do we leave it? Well, with, you've, you've missed a big part of that. How we know about a lot of people and how I still find out about some people is through obituaries. Oh, and A lot of people geez. don't do obituaries anymore and they're all online. Mm -hmm. And where's, I mean, yeah, things stay online forever unless you really want to find something. Right. Um, we don't have letters. We, I think we're going to, I don't know, massive solar flare and suddenly everything's wiped out. Yeah. You know, we're going to lose our history. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what legacy is. My legacy is I'm just going to fill my house up full of stuff and make my kids have to go through it after I die. <laughs> no Swedish death cleaning for you. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Once they, yeah. So are you, are you leaving them little Easter eggs throughout the the pile? Uh, I'm sh well. I don't know. I think I have the world's largest collection of screwdrivers, but I've lost them all. <laughs> I think I'm right there with you. I can never find yeah. them. No. So what do you do? I'll buy, buy another, another one. one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I recently went through cleaning of all my. I rearranged. I redid the my sewing room, and I didn't realize I had enough scissors for five people wow <laughs> i know i gave some to i gave them a, a lot of them away but i still have a ton it's like i when i start looking for screwdrivers or hammers i couldn't find a yes. hammer at all the other day so what did i do i went and bought a hammer are you serious don't tell john <laughs> <laughs> well that and tape measures like a measuring device what i, I need one and they're always yeah. gone they're with the screwdrivers. Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah. In the abyss. No, that's uh I don't know, you know, I I really want I know I found um I 
over the years, I had different people who would leave stuff with me for some reason, either roommates or whatever. And I keep the stuff. Hmm. I don't get rid of anything. I mean, I'm not really living in hoarders, but I, I keep stuff. <laughs> but almost. I squirrel it away. Uh, <laughs> I look at hoarders for inspiration. Right. Yeah. How, how did they get all that in there? <laughs> right. Yeah. God, not flushing your toilet for a year. How do you do that? Uh, <laughs> how many dead cats can be in that room? But one of the things I found were these three boxes of newspapers from the early 1800s in San Francisco. And I brought them to John because I, you know, I'd be stuck on them forever. So I brought them to John and we go through them all the time. And it's like you read the stuff and you're like, oh, nothing's changed yeah. except better reporting. Um, you mean back then? <laughs> oh, yeah, bet way better oh, reporting yeah. back then. Yeah. And, and then just like I recently bought him a set of encyclopedias from... 1904. Wow, I bet they're great. Oh, it's tiny print. I mean, it's it's barely reading. You need a magnifying glass. But it's like, I didn't know any of this stuff. You know, it's like so much is lost to history. So is is that because we had this phenomenal, don't worry, this internet thing is going to be, it's like an encyclopedia at your fingertips. You don't need those books anymore. Was that kind of the start of our... Or move away from paper? Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I have a 1904. I bought the full set of, of 11 or 12 encyclopedias from 1904. Mm-hmm. 20 bucks. That's crazy. Leather bound. Yeah. Leather bound. <laughs> Nobody wants them. Mm-hmm. They were sitting at the library cell for three weeks. So um, I read all the stuff and I'm like, you know, we what is it we actually remember yeah you know i mean i mean one of my big things is amelia Earhart. she was offered up as a hero oh she's a hero she crashed (laughs) (laughs) but she tried she tried yeah she tried that's what's the message Mm -hmm. to little girls she tried oh you can try too um Meanwhile, I went into this deep search for a while and I bought all these books of women who are in like the, I want to say 1928 air races that, that Will Rogers dubbed the Powder Puff Derby. Hmm. And it was just all women. Women were like, there were all kinds of women who flew, air, flew airplanes. Really? And Amelia Earhart was in that race and she came in like third or fourth. So <laughs> how did she get the, all the, the history books then? She had an affair with George Putnam no. of Putnam Publishing. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh, that is dirty. So he used her as a marketing thing. I mean, you realize the early people, the first people who were promoted to drive cars were women because it was thought, well, if we if we have women driving these cross-country car rallies, anybody can do it if a woman can do it. <laughs> <laughs> also lost to history, but absolutely true. So, you know, it's like the, the history that we remember is, you know, here, let me go back to that. My family came to this country in 1640. From where? And uh, from England to Massachusetts. Okay. So they, they settled in 1640. Wow. And um, a lot of my family papers are at the Bancroft Library. Long story, they shouldn't be there, but they're there. And so I have, um, like my, I don't know, 1850s 
1840s, 1850s. I have these series of letters from my great whatever grandfather who um, Andrew Jackson had was going to promote him into a position, appoint him into a position in government, and then he changed his mind at the last minute. And you read, and it's, it's a whole bunch of letters, and it tells a very distinct story. And when you read all of these letters, you go, oh, nothing is different. Government is still corrupt. Mm-hmm. You know, people lie. Other people whisper about you. Other people get the wrong idea. You know, it's like, you know, what do we actually remember about history? So is everything the same, pretty much? We just know more about it because of social media and the access to the info is a lot more yeah, but we readily available. Faster. But we free, what do we, well, that's true. I mean, we yeah. don't remember anything. Because we didn't write it down. Writing down forces your mind to hold things differently, doesn't it? Maybe. But then again, before there was the alphabet, all stories were handed down by storytellers. Mm. So maybe the history will be recorded by podcasters. Well, that's what we're doing. Exactly. That's why these matter. (laughs) And old, old women and old men will come out of the woodwork and go, I remember back in my day, yeah. which is really how history's always been passed it down. So maybe we just keep passing it that way. And this way it'll be accurate because it won't be as much hearsay if we do this, yeah. if we continue this. It'll be the actual thing. Yeah. But then, you know, you talk about your EMP, then we're hosed. Because where are all the files? Haven't we been hosed a million times in the past? Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, hasn't every great civilization crashed and burned? Yeah, but and we're here not. We are. We're young still. And here we are, recreating the Tower of Babel. Right. Yeah. You know how that worked for us last time. Oh yeah. Time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> I don't know. It's all hopeless. Let's face it. Well, Which is how John and I are different. <laughs> He's the eternal optimist. I'm always like, ah. Is he really an optimist? Is he? Because he plays the game of the pessimist. No, he, no, listen to him. He's never the pessimist. He's always optimistic. I mean, he's the one who'll go, yeah, but, you know, it's fine. It's no big deal. Yeah, you're right. He does. That's a good point. Adam's the one who gets kind of excitable about things Mm. you know i don't know do you think there's ufos you should be seeing them you mean if 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 they're real they might be real what do you mean i should be seeing them well you're up in the middle of nowhere that's where ufos (laughs) hang out i thought (laughs) i thought it was new mexico (laughs) well you're up there i mean well, on, on the west side of the state, there's an Air Force base, so I'm sure they're all up there. <clears throat> Maybe. You never know. There's nukes over there, too, I, I think. I'm, I don't know this officially, but... I have nukes. Yeah, you... For me. Yeah, well, I'm... you've got nuke power up there. Oh, yeah. Which is handy. I wish we had that here. Which was... Really sucks. You go across the Hood Canal Bridge. Mm-hmm. It's a floating bridge. Mm-hmm. And the submarines come through. But they have to raise the bridge to let the submarines through. Why? How far do they poke out of the water? Enough so that it would run into the bridge, but couldn't they just go down? <laughs> right. It's lower. Come on. Go down, guys. Jeez. How hard can it be? 
Yeah. So, uh, interesting. How do you like where? You, so, what's the big food thing in your where you in your part of the state? What's the big? Well, we are huge ag. The east half of the state is all agriculture. Yeah. So corn, um, soybeans. Th- those are the big, big things in South Dakota. Okay. Um, and we have 10 miles to the w- east of me is a big ethanol plant. <clears throat> so almost all the product gets shipped there. Recently, I, w- I read an article that, what's that where your skin changes, loses pigment? Vitiligo, I think it's called. Okay. There's some woman who's actually now been kind of the poster child. She's a black woman and she's... The one time that I, <laughs> that I drove through, I was driving cross country. I went into a place, and pretty much everybody was had this skin condition. So I recently started looking into it, and I like to read medical text. It turns out that the northern American states have more of that type of skin thing than anywhere else in the world. Is there any reason why? They're thinking it's just because of the northern latitudes. Because there's not as much sun? So you're just pale? Or it changes your <clears throat> melatonin in your skin. It makes sense. I mean, we, we just to... two weeks ago um, lost our snow. Yeah, I know. So, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, it was it was special. When does How long are your days in the summer? Oh, 10 are o'clock. Further, 10.30 you're about, at night. Okay, so you're about the same. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so like I... I have family in Oregon still, so we go out there periodically, and we're going out in June. Uh, it's like twenty-seven hour drive, and we go. I have to go up into Montana because we're you know we're South Dakota, up into Montana and over and down through Spokane and then down through Kennewick. Oh, then I'm <clears throat> then I'm further north than you. Okay. Yeah, because you're up above Seattle, correct? Like almost Canada. I, I can see Vancouver from my house or Victoria from BC. My house. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're Vancouver way up there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the, if you touch the upper, I'm on the Olympic Peninsula. I'm as far north as you can get, almost. So you're closer to Alaska upper, than most things. Closer the, to the DC, bottom I, points of Alaska. I get to hear all the BCT radio shows and TV stations. <laughs> are they good? <laughs> Canadians are different. <laughs> They're not Americans. This is true. Yeah. So they, uh, uh Yep. In our uh, in our town, we have a huge cheese factory. So, what kind of milk, cheese? Uh, big seven hundred pound blocks of cheese that get shipped out to um, the big boys, like Kraft and other places. Wow. <clears throat> um, yeah. So they are a whole like like they're a wholesale, you know, big wholesale is the wrong word. A big, uh, you know. Well, wait. Big big organs. I'm seeing a theme. If you're from Oregon, Oregon's a big cheese-making place. I know. I grew up going to Bandon all the time, and they used to be the best cheese factory in the world, Bandon Cheese. Um, And they, when I was a kid, that was like, we always, it was the best place to go. Uh, Because they had a real, you could walk in there and see the whole makings, and they had every kind of cheese curd you can imagine sampling. And you just, so we would always, that's where we went. Well, then they shut down for some reason... I don't know if it was late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, and then eventually they got bought by Tillamook. And then um, they, there is a, a, they're operating. And I guess I don't know if right now if they are a 
satellite of Tillamook or if they're kind of independent again. Um, but then Tillamook just got massive. Um, yeah. They're humongous. Which we, I mean, the stores in our area carry Tillamook cheese. So the, uh, I like it because it's was, nostalgic. There was an, a whole article that I read about a cheese factory that moved. And when they got to their new cheese factory, they couldn't make the same cheese. Same air, same place, same water. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. So finally, they went, they took cheese blocks and started wiping all the walls. They wiped all the walls with cheese. And then they cleaned it off. And that saturated the air with their cheese goodness. <laughs> Stuff, microbes. <laughs> so then they could make the cheese. Really? Again. Yeah. Yeah. That's I love the idea of it. I just think it'd be fun to do it. You know, let's wipe cheese on the walls. <laughs> Well, that'd be hard here, just because they're so massive. They're big uh, they're but, storage but fats. But it might be good to start more sourdough. Yeah. How do you start your sourdough? Water, flour, yep. and salt. Do Actually, water and flour is where the starter comes from. And then. Do you let it sit on a heat mat? No, just out in the air. I mean, it's got a like a, a not sealed lid. Okay. And then you just feed it with water and flour, and then it does so its thing. So will you try try some other flours? Like I'd it, love like to. It'd be a blast. I just don't. I can't get it here. Amazon. Well, I guess I could do that. I hadn't thought about buying food from Amazon. Oh, Amazon has. I can send you a list. I bought forty-one <laughs> flowers for Amazon or Nuts.com. Nuts.com has some great flowers. That would be cool. See, one of the things I tried a whole wheat once. Um, that mm-hmm. I did not did not raise well at all. Like the, um, I don't know what happened. My starter was fine, but then the the dough just didn't cooperate, and so it made a really dense, not very good loaf. I didn't like it. It just kind of ugh, it wasn't. Maybe uh, you needed to. Well, some flowers need longer to to raise, like as much as twenty four hours. Well, because the best when I what I've noticed is the best product I get. I tend to go eighteen to twenty four hours of after it's, you know, as it's proofing. Um, and then that usually gives me the best product with the best air holes in it. Because I, I like that artisan, you know, the hard crust and big air holes. That's my favorite. Um, yep. You know, the, the old style bread where you went and got your bread every day and it was designed to be really crusty. That's my my favorite. My kids don't love it as much, so we go a little lighter. But What about, do you have property? Do you have land? I have almost have an acre. Yard? I'm in town. I have almost an acre, but I'm in town. Uh-huh. Have you looked into doing a bread oven in your backyard? Oh, I'm planning to build a pizza oven. So it would be the same. same it's thing? similar. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I am. It's mm. in the works this summer, I hope. Mm. Yeah. I've always yeah. wanted to do that. Oh, it'd but be so fun. Wouldn't it? I know. Mm-hmm. It's like we should all have this. You yeah. Know, there's little towns in Italy that have that had a commercial, like a, a community bread oven. And you'd go there and bake your bread in the community oven. You know, we need things like that again. You know, we've totally lost the the town square in America, yeah. I think. Where where you did go, you went and got your gossip for the day. You read the newspaper. You met people. And normally you were dressed up. Like old pictures of this town. Because... Millbank was started because the, there was a big railroad, um, hmm. and so we were a railroad town. <clears throat> so it started back 130-some years ago, um, and it, we're small, 3,500 people. It's not very big. Um, yeah. But it was booming, and there was a huge hotel right by the, 
the train station and it was this cool stuff. The old pictures that are from early 1900s are just phenomenal because all these people are dressed to the nines and they're all on the street hanging out. Just, yep. we don't have that anymore. And, you know, the idea where you have, you go down and you get your meat for the day to the local yep. butcher, you get your bread, and then if there's someone selling some produce on the corner or whatever, your eggs are at the grocery store, uh, not grocery, the, the general store, you can right. get get some food and get a, <clears throat> a canned good and a nail. <laughs> well, well, you know, I don't, I won't shop in any of the chain grocery stores. I just for for anything that. or for groceries specifically. I don't go into them. I've never walked into a Walmart. I don't oh, go to Walmart. I hate that store. That's why I don't go there. <laughs> uh, if I don't like it, I'm not giving them my money. I do go to Costco, but that's because you guys don't have Costco. So, oh well. No, we uh, do. Two hours away. Oh, you, oh, Costco's great for a lot of things. I I, I grew up with it in living in Oregon. And so yeah. moving here, I was excited because we didn't have it. And then finally they put one in in Sioux Falls and it's, yeah. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I'm two hours but, north of Sioux Falls. But I shop at a local place that's a butcher and a green grocer and then they've got health foods. Mm-hmm. And and everything else I buy bulk. So, you know, I find someone and I split a cow. Yep. And, and I if I want pork, I have to buy half a pig or a whole pig <laughs> and lamb. Yeah. Um, and then otherwise I do honor farms. You know, I go to all the honor farms in the area. What's Which that? I've not heard that term before. An honor farm. Yeah. An honor farm is a guy who grows a bunch of stuff and puts it in a little shack, and then you go there and you put the money under the. Oh yeah, piece yeah, of wood yeah. Or so the it's, box. yeah. It's just all. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, a stand. Self service. Yeah, there's a stand here in town. Someone does that, and it's cool. Yeah, it's all I, it's all seasonal. And and you know the farmers markets are fantastic. I love farmers markets. I just it's like in anything else that I really 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 need like you know. A1 sauce, I order on Amazon. <laughs> of all the things, A1. <laughs> okay, Worcestershire sauce. There you go, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, and I, I buy things online. I mean, when I was searching for my spice store, I would buy from all kinds of places. Mm-hmm. Um, I found spice, some of the best spicers in the world are online. Really? You know? Yeah, like Rocky Mountain Spices, which I think they are, is myspicer.com online. You can get everything there. Weird. And yeah, I know. I, you know, the sources for food is interesting. I love farmers markets, though. Some yeah. of the stuff they're doing up in, oh, up in your area, you can get yak meat. I've not heard of yak here. There's bison all over the place. There's some, well, it might be Montana, down, maybe? I, I don't Montana know. Montana has yak. You can look up yak online. Yak is delicious. Well, that's what John says, but. Oh yeah, huh. no, that was me. What was it? That you, was... You, that's perfect. <laughs> well, I started looking at all the farmers markets around the country because yeah. I wanted to see if there were any trends. And a couple trends. One is a lot of people are feeding their their beef fermented grains. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Or sprouted grains, one of the two. Um, people are raising chicken eggs with no soy meal at all in the mix. So they're mixing their own own chicken feed, mm. eliminating soy. Um, there's a lot of people who do fermenting. They do a lot of sauerkraut. There's sauerkraut's a huge movement everywhere. My dad has started that. And he loves it. And pickles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a big deal. And that stuff's really good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, 
The other thing that I was finding on farmers markets were some of these weird meats. So in Texas, there's some meats that you can get that are just, you know, we've been farmers for, you know, 200 years and mm-hmm. we developed our own cattle. Mm-hmm. I want that. I want right. to try that because up here, I've gotten into trying, like I go to the um, air, uh, the livestock conserve, conservation. Uh, can I not actually remember the name of it? It's the place that keeps track of how many heirloom animals are around the country. Are there any left? Oh, yeah, there's tons. Okay. So one year, for a couple of years, actually, I started looking for sp- very specific animals. So I've gotten Highland beef, which is the short. Is that the long-haired beef. cow? They're delicious. See, okay, so really I had some sweet. several years ago. For There's a place in Minnesota that had some, and it was horrible. So I don't know if it was just bad or I cooked it wrong or what. But It's hard to cook. Maybe that's it. Um, and then I've, like with the sheep, I've always looked for sheep that were, um, that are the rarer breeds. And same with pigs. And it's just because it, it supports the, mm-hmm. it supports the breed. I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't keep these breeds alive unless you eat them. I hate to say that, but. Well, that's true. Because then there's a market for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, I buy everything as many other places than just going to a store. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you buy half a cow, you get the whole cat. That it's four dollars ninety nine cents a pound, plus a dollar wrapping. Yep. But it's steak and hamburger for five dollars or six dollars a yeah. pound. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We we do we buy a quarter at a time, and we just I forgot to call the guy yesterday to or get my order in. Oh no! But, yeah, I know. I hope they didn't lose it. Um, so, I I just anyway. found a. From 2019, there was an AP article that some couple in Rapid City is raising yaks. So I'll have to look into that a little farther. It's hmm. a whole different meat. Ask Why Eric not? to find out. He's close. He can go down there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't actually moved in yet. They're oh, just okay. In the process. Awesome. So, uh, I did yeah. find it up in Fargo because we're two hours south of Fargo. Um, uh, there is a dynamite Asian market there, and I will shop there every time I get I can because they get. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I don't know why they get different produce than the rest of them, but they do, and it's better. And it's also beside yep. the meat bin that looks like it's half rotten, but that's okay. Um, the produce is good. Yeah. <laughs> well, living in Iran, we would go as a group, everyone who, their husbands worked at Global Marine, we'd go on a shopping excursion. And uh, I, I kind of... I know, no. I mean, they have a hanging uh, in the middle of summer. They'd have a, a hanging <laughs> yes. side of beef. In Africa, and that's cut how it out was the too. Blow flies, <laughs> yeah. yeah, slice off a chunk. Yep. Yeah. Mm, oh, the, right. the block oh, they would chop aged. on is just covered in meat crap, <laughs> flies. Hold on, just then slay it there and hack your piece for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but you know what? There's something to real food and eating whole yeah. food. And I think because yeah. we watched, there's a show on Netflix that we just watched the other day. Um, I don't know if it's uh, Origins or something, but it's like these short 11-minute little vignettes. And they go into some random village somewhere in China. And it's all about the foods they're doing and how they make it. And it is yep. so cool. I love I've, that show. That's why I like reading cookbooks. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's why that. That's why the egg book, you know, good old Too Many Eggs, mm-hmm. has... Uh, too Many Eggs.com? Too Many Eggs.com, yeah. Um, has the history of recipes. You know, it's like, I mean, to begin with, the Romans, you know, 
before the Roman Empire and the Roman army, an invading force would be, you know, walking down the road and you'd get the message they're coming down the road and people would go kill all the animals and bury them <laughs> to starve the, the troops. You know, screw them. Because what an invading army would do, they'd eat off the land. You know, they'd mm -hmm. eat all the farm animals and mm -hmm. everything. So if there were no animals to eat... You they'd know, just keep the, going? Or they would... The army couldn't go very far without mm -hmm. being fed. So what the Romans did is they came up with these huge, huge wagons that were chicken coops. Really? So they would go down the road with the army. And, you know, your chickens, you can let them out. They'll find food to eat no matter where they are. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll eat the bugs. They'll eat the grass. They'll eat the weeds. They'll eat everything they can find. They'll eat the snakes. and But they always go back to their roost at night. Okay. It didn't matter to them that it was a different geographic area. They go back to their roost. <laughs> so the Roman army was fueled by chicken eggs and chickens. Was that kind of the first documented real heavy use of? Yes. And I mean, that's one of the, my favorite of the early mm -hmm. recipes I found was uh, as a dessert, as a special treat. They do a hard boiled egg, you know, hard boil it, you know, take out the yolk, mix the yolk with honey and put it back in the thing so it would be a deviled egg. Like with a, honey, sweet a sweet deviled egg? Yeah, which in the book there are, I have some sweet deviled eggs. They use cream cheese instead of mayonnaise. Ooh. Or they use, and one of them is chocolate. And so you add chocolate to the, to the cream cheese. So it's a dessert deviled egg. And they are, they're very good. <laughs> All right, I'm going to, we're getting this thing and we're going to start trying this out since we have a ton of eggs. So... That's fantastic. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. And actually the best thing ever, which is, is right for you, would be to make the uh, savory bread pudding. Okay. A savory bread pudding is stale bread. You know, you chop up your stale bread because you have leftover bread. Mm -hmm. you, you mix some eggs with some cream or milk. And then whatever leftovers you have, vegetables, meat, whatever you've got, just like what you put in in anything that you want to use up like it, it's really good with ham and broccoli you know that's cooked mm -hmm. throw it in with the bread you mix it up you pour the the custard sauce over it which is just eggs and milk and then you bake it at like a medium oven like 325 um 350 it, for about an hour until a knife inserted comes out clean and you have a gigantic meal for a lot of people you know a little salad with it mm -hmm. that's made out of all leftovers cool so yeah. it's quiche like it's kind of it without being in the pie form it's it's also you can put a lot of savory stuff in it it's really that's good with sausage awesome. yeah it's re savory pudding i mean i don't like bread pudding i've I never, never even heard much. of that uh of course the so other cool. thing the <laughs> other thing there's two other things. One, they're my favorite recipes. One was a Spanish fried egg. And a Spanish fried egg is fried in about two inches of olive oil that gets nice and hot. So it's like deep fat frying an egg, mm -hmm. just an egg. Mm -hmm. It's like poaching an egg in oil. So, so not like how hot then? Like Hot, like hot enough to fry a French fry. Okay. You put it in and you spin it a few times so the outside gets turns white and it's got a little crusties on it and you throw that over a steak okay and it's I'm like in. a it's like a poached egg over steak. Oh, <laughs> i use it on everything over and then the other one that i really loved which we don't have here but england is a big deal is that 
uh, scotch eggs. I've heard of them. Oh, they're the best with beer. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so it's you take a hard-boiled egg and you smash sausage on the outside of it. You just completely encase the entire egg, the whole egg in sausage. Mm-hmm. And then you can roll it in breadcrumbs. And then you can either fry it or you can bake it. Doesn't matter. Both ways work. But I like to fry it because I like the oil. Mm-hmm. And it's sausage with an egg inside. And you slice it and you can use that sounds lovely. sauce. If, oh, it's the best. Oh, my God. It was originally done. It's actually it's based on an Indian dish. But it's traveling food. It used to be what you'd buy mm-hmm. in Harrods before you went on a stagecoach ride across England. Okay. Because they keep well, and they're, they're, in your, they're just delicious. Oh. Is that why you can buy pickled eggs at the gas station? Yeah. <laughs> that would be way better, though. Way better. It's way better because it's meat. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's great. Put, put some that. sausage. Put some lettuce around it. You have a, a complete mm-hmm. meal. Put bread around it. Excellent. Uh, so you said, you mentioned olive oil. Are you an olive oil snob as well? I'm not a snob. I just buy the Costco stuff. Oh, okay. Never mind then. I do, but I cook everything in olive oil. Yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm That's the best. only oil you'll use, correct? Well, I know I'm not about to use canola. <laughs> what, petrol <laughs> or petroleum? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, John goes off. He thinks I should use a good quality vegetable oil, but I like olive oil and everything. Oh, yeah. We do, too. Yeah, we, we, we found a little shop down in uh, Albuquerque years ago, and now that's we just buy it from the old the old dude. I, I mean, who knows if it's real? I assume he sounded Italian. I mean, it was all very real. Um, and they bottle it there, and they get it from, you know, they're getting it from someone. But And it's just, it actually is phenomenal. It tastes great with, yeah. So, yeah, we with, order. With a little... Balsamic vinegar oh, and yes, and, and they had that too. Yeah, ah, good traditional yeah. like high end balsamic is the best. And oh, I hate yeah. vinegar. I'm not, I'm not. I won't be buying the vinegar book. No, I. <laughs> but I, that balsamic is so good. It's drinkable. Yeah, yeah. All that's yeah. Those are the those are the. I mean, those are the snacks that. Yeah. You know, I can't eat potato chips and all that other junk. I want good. I mean. Mm-hmm. Life's too short. Well, yeah, and it should taste good, too. You should like it. Yeah. Processed but, food is crap. Yeah. No, it, processed, we stopped eating processed food years ago. Yeah. Well, and there's, yeah. I mean, Adam jokes on to John that he's never sick because he never goes out. He always eats, makes his own food. And, you know, I, yeah. I, there's something to eating rounded food. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. The biggest problem is that, you know, it is a drag to do the dishes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But that's what children are for, right? Yeah. Well, until, until they're gone. Are too. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have dishwashers. <laughs> I know, but. Don't you have that hump where you, oh, I'd rather take the dishes out of the dishwasher and use them than put them away? Oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But see, yeah. that's right. As of right now, we have enough children. Well, all of our kids are home, but they're old enough now that in the morning, their job is to empty. And How so, old are your kids? Uh, 16, 13, 9, and 4. So. Oh, you s- <laughs> spaced them well. <laughs> well, we spaced them. <laughs> Hopefully well, yeah. Excellent. Yes. 
when that four-year-old starts, you know, turning into the the teenager, you know the, <sighs> right? Yeah. Then then it's over. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. I don't know if you told me about that part. Uh, yeah. You know, why is it kids are they're precious, they're wonderful, they love you, and then they turn into teenagers and they. You disgust me. Okay, so you now have gone through that and are at the other side where you have adult children. Is that different? Like, do, do they come back around at some point? At some point they in their 20s, they start saying, why didn't you make me? Mm. That's my favorite phrase. Why didn't you make me take swimming lessons? Why didn't you make me learn how to play piano? Like, Because you were a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Because you didn't want to, and I was too lazy. I mean, what are you supposed to say to that? Right. Yeah. Um, it's the proudest moment. My son, my oldest son, Eric, was a very difficult child. Hmm. He was one of those babies that made you never want to have another baby. He was just difficult. He was a very demanding, difficult child. And I have to say, the proudest moment of my life was when he was holding his firstborn. Mm. kid was about nine months old and out of the blue the kid just whacks eric in the head as hard as he can <laughs> and i went oh that, i'm so proud <laughs> payback excellent it's a bitch <laughs> oh man yeah no the empty nesting stuff is interesting yeah so yeah well you're you giving them, you're piling up a job for them it's good you wake up and you go, I don't have to do anything for anybody at all today. <laughs> what do I do with my time? You'll see. You'll come to that moment someday. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll write an egg book. Well, I think the exhaustive <laughs> version is done. Book. Sourdough. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. I want to see 700 pages. Oh, jeez. It's probably enough content out there, definitely, but I don't have the time or the mental capacity that you do to to compile mm. it all. So, good work. You're assuming mental capacity, but okay. Well, I, ha I have scrolled through the PDF of that thing. Okay. So, and I, I, I will be getting, there's like three people I need to get books for, so we'll oh. be. Well, I love the fact that somebody's sent me a message saying oh it's so wonderful that john was so supportive of you to do this book and i i'm like so i called john and i go john were you supportive and he's like yeah sure i was i go i seem to remember you going not another egg recipe <laughs> don't tell me about another egg <laughs> not that John's not wonderful in his own way. Well, of course. He's curmudgeon -y. That works. Yeah. Right? Maybe. It's great. It's great. I finally have Adam that I can talk to and go see what he's like. <laughs> you see what I have to put up with? I guess after the time they've spent together, at least, you know, they, there's some history. Oh, I there. love it when they fight. I love it when they fight. <laughs> I, I get such joy out of that. Well, it's fun because you know, it's it's real, but it doesn't affect their ability to continue on. And I think that's awesome. When Adam was on Facebook and there was more activity on the, the um, No Agenda Facebook page 
the children would get upset when when Adam and John fought. Mm. Mm-hmm. People would be like, "Oh my God, yeah. do you think they're going to break up?" Right. <laughs> no, it's not what adults do. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, anyway, well, cool. this was fun. Yes, too many eggs dot com is where people can find the egg book. Yes, um, and download it and read it and enjoy it. So explain briefly, again, just kind of a quick wrap. You guys have chosen to publish this under the value for value mindset. Which, yes. I mean, other than the hard copy. If you want a hard copy, you know, there's hard costs there. So, you're, you know, there's a value put on it. But um, you can also just donate to the cause, right? Like that's yep. very, very much acceptable. Yep. John and I decided that we didn't want... That the book was, a, I thought it was an important book. Now, I've been struggling with this book. It took me at least a decade to write it. And I felt like I had this, you know, perfect little thing. No publisher wanted it because it was too out of the ordinary of a normal cookbook. So you, you tried? You shopped it around? Oh I, oh, I tried and I was told it doesn't have enough pictures. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not really fond of food porn books where they have all the layouts of food on every other page and one recipe every page or every other page um so yeah i couldn't get any interest in it so i was just going to put it up online for free Mm. i mean i was done Mm -hmm. you know i made it It shouldn't just be on my computer i shouldn't just give it to my friends you know everyone should have it right so um that's when jay and john got involved and they came up with a a great designer who did the design and the layout i had nothing to do with that well the cover's gorgeous I know it is, and mm-hmm. that I would have, I would have just had like you know, a hand drawn, you know, a five year old's egg <laughs> right. on it, an AI picture of an egg. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we set up. The, so you know, printing it is expensive because it's such a big book, mm-hmm. and hard cover, and that night it's a nice cover. Um, you know, food will wipe off it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um. But I, but my whole thing is just this, like, I don't, you know, I don't think it, I, you should charge for books. Mm. I can get books for free if I'm looking for them hard enough online. Why yeah. should they be, you know, it's like, you know, if you want to make recipes, just go, just yeah. go and look at it. And if you get some joy out of it, you know, send me a donation. If not, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's an easier way to, to go through the world. Yeah. You know, I don't like doing accounting. I do accounting too much. <laughs> yes, when I started this this little podcast, I do. Um, <clears throat> it was like the whole point is I want to I want to get into people's heads of people that are doing things that I'm fascinated by, and so mm-hmm. I don't want any and anyone to say, "Well, you really can't talk to that person because they're going to say things we don't want." So I am totally totally driven by if people want to throw money my way they can um i've got no advertisers i don't want them because i want to be able to have real honest open conversations about anything i want to talk about yep and that like my my belief in what free speech is is it's kind of the i mean jordan peterson explained it well years ago that it's your it's the freedom to say things that are uncomfortable now Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that everyone has to listen if someone says that but everyone should be free to say things that are not nice because that's how we learn that maybe that's a dumb thing to think. How else are you going to know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I embarrass John with my ability to do that everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a skill you have? 
were we were at Costco and New Year's Eve buying some stuff because we decided to invite people over in San Francisco, the Costco in San Francisco. Busy. It's really busy. Oh, I bet. And we're and we're in line and some woman goes right just pushes her cart right in front of this little old lady next to us. And I look and John looks. So I go over, I grab the cart, I go, oh, no, 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 you're mistaken. This isn't the end of the line. This is the end. And I start moving her cart to the end of the line. And this woman's getting very upset with me. I'm going, oh, it's, it's okay, though. You probably can't see. Awesome. Um, I, there's an optometrist over there. Maybe you should go there after you get through the line. Let me bring, and she's just pissed. <laughs> and so I bring her all the way to the back and I go, okay, this is the end of the line now. Happy New Year. And John's going, you're going to get us killed. That's hilarious. I'm like, I don't think so. Here. I call John. I go, I was at Costco. I did it again. Oh, no. <laughs> so there was, it, our Costco here is pretty slow, but it was me, then a guy in front of me who had baby diapers, and then a woman in front of him who was like a total boomer style with the nails and the Rolex watch and the long mm-hmm. and the perfectly coiffed hair. And she had a bunch of things. And he says to her as I as I come up, ma'am, um, my wife's in the car and all I'm getting are diapers. Can I go ahead of you? And she goes, no. Wow. So the first thing out of my mouth is, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> of course, the checker's kind of stunned. The guy's stunned. And I go, oh, let me guess. She's got things she's got to do. She's got to get her nails done. Oh, look at that hair. She's got hair out of place. Oh, my. I bet she needs to get a suntan. She must get a spray tan today. It must be spray tan day. So she's in a big hurry. Can't <laughs> let a guy with diapers go ahead. I'm, const- I'm doing this the whole time she's there. And she's just not looking at me. And she's getting more and more upset. And the checker's trying not to look at me so he doesn't laugh out loud. And the guy... Was the diapers thought it was great, and he was laughing and having a great time. So then she gets pays and she's leaving, and I'm going bye 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 bye. So I tell John, well, you know, I know I just shouldn't have done it. I, I know my filters are off, but maybe she'll think twice before she says no. And he goes, no, no, Mimi, she's gonna look around to make sure you're not in line behind her. That's true, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's unfortunately. Well, yeah. that's reason uh, why I live up here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Alone in the woods. <laughs> Keep her away from people. Right. right. You're going to get blacklisted from Costco. It's great. And now, see, we've already gone through to where the birds have quieted. So. Oh, they're dead. And on that note... <laughs> uh, by the way, I have not tried parakeet eggs. So I thought about it. Okay, so there is this taboo on eating dogs and cats and horses in America. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they're presumed pets, I think. Um, yeah, they're smart. So that we eat octopus. Um, not, not often. Well, <laughs> people do. Um, <laughs> is... Eating the sure. egg of a pet taboo as well? No, it's birth control. <laughs> well, you can just take it away, but eating it. Oh, it, it, 
with my parakeets, the reason I have six or seven parakeets is because I kept letting them lay eggs and hatching them. <laughs> oh, so you, you've, you've grown your herd, <laughs> your flock. It started with two. <laughs> I was up to eight once. Um, oh, man. But, you know, you can either discourage them from laying or you take away their eggs. With chickens, you know, I don't know if you've been to Maui where they let the chickens go free. Maui is infested with chickens. Oh. Infested. I mean, there's chickens everywhere. Mm -hmm. And they get smart and they run away from you. Um, I think it's I think it's good. You know, the chickens lay the eggs whether they want to or not. You know, chickens lay all the time, unlike geese and unlike mm -hmm. turkeys, very much like ducks. Ducks lay more eggs than chickens do. Um, if you don't if you don't use them, you're wasting the chicken berry. Chicken berry. <laughs> Chickens eat their own eggs if you leave them long enough. That is what uh, our chicken our egg people said has been happening in the last few weeks for theirs. They've been started attacking them. They start going, "Man, this is delicious." <laughs> That's horrible. What, it's, the donor party. <laughs> it's the perpetual motion machine, you know? Right. I never feed my chickens. They just eat, just eat them whatever they lay. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> special. <laughs> chickens, are mo chickens are dinosaurs. I mean, they eat each other. That's special. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's it's keeping the population down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I eat eggs every day, so it's one of those too. <clears throat> one Although of those I'm a things. little... A little off eggs these days. <laughs> oh, I, I was. You said you're going to be doing research on this new flower. Does that mean you get to be the guinea pig? And so, if it doesn't work, you get to suffer. I need to get chickens. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dogs will get most of my mistakes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I am going to have to suffer. That's why. Mm. I would love to know more about sourdough because my bread has just been dreadful over the years. Well, the stuff I make has three ingredients in it. Water, flour, salt, and starter, which is water and flour. So that's okay. it. But it's, well, I might bug yeah. you. Hey, I'm in. Yeah. I'm open. Anytime. Oh, good. You can write that chapter of the new book. Okay. <laughs> I'll send you the flowers. You All right. It, it would actually be fun. Yeah. We, we should see we'll if talk. something worked out. Let's talk. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much. This has been an absolute blast. Um, I will thank you. happily have you back on sometime. This is so insightful. So thank you. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about something besides eggs. <laughs> we will on the next one. <laughs> All right. All right. Perfect. It sounds perfect. TooManyEggs.com is the website. Go check it out. Download it for free. Or buy the hard copy and have a beautiful, beautiful book on your shelf. One that you can pass down, write notes in it, pass down from generation to generation. Uh, let's continue these legacies of cooking. Thanks, Mimi, for taking time out of your afternoon. Come on and talk about all kinds of things. TooManyEggs.com TheInterviewPodcast.org is our website. Don't forget that you can support the show with your donations. Click on the donate button. You choose the value that you got out of the show. Send it back our way. And also tell more people about it. Everything is very appreciated. So thank you so much. 
Thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you on the next one. Have a great day. Bye.